Welcome to the table. I'm your host, Jeff Harpole. There are a few things that we uh, conquer in our lives that that are some big, big challenges. Um, and I'll speak of those in subsequent conversations. There are fear. There are fears that we have to conquer, and uh, sometimes they're past issues. But I found out that there's only so many giants in our life. Um, I I rehearse the story of David and Goliath and the task at hand. Uh, Goliath from Gath, this massive man. Um, the Bible describes his shield, his sword, the spearhead. Um, there's been scientists that have that have uh, calculated the volume of his voice by the size of his body, how 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 loud he could be. Um, it must have been a frightening thing for the armies of Israel and for King Saul. And of course, if you're reading through the scripture, you'll find out that they gather for war. They have all of the instruments of, of battle, all their weapons of war. But uh, they're huddling around uh, their fires. And on the other side of the hill is this Philistine who, who is uh, bellowing obscenities against the Lord and the children of Israel. And then finally, David comes on the scene. He's there really to deliver some groceries to his brothers. He's, he's the supply chain. And his father, Jesse, has given him food and maybe some spices. And he says, go give this to your brothers. They're, they're in the battle. But of course, when he gets there, no one is fighting. Everyone is full of fear. And there's a giant on the other side. And of course, you know, he's going to make some statements in inquiry, to which his oldest brother Eliab accuses him of having pride, and David answers with that now famous statement, is there not a cause? And of course, we don't really know all that David had in his heart, except there was a reward. You know, you're going you're gonna to have fame, and you get to marry the king's daughter. Well, who wouldn't want to marry the king's daughter and be related to the king? And you could go from the shepherd's field to the, to the throne, or at least the palace overnight. So David, he, he picks up uh, finally his stones, uh, five smooth stones, and he picks up his slingshot and he races towards the giant. And he says, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he lets go of that, of that sling and the stone hits the Goliath, hits the giant in the head and of course, he, he will unsheath the sword uh, from the scabbard and he will cut off the head of the giant and he'll hold the head up for both the enemy and Israel to see. And in that single day, there is this great victory. Of course, that sword was then held um, in, uh, in a little, little place and David will one day retrieve the sword that he took from Goliath. It'll be a, a memory It'll be a, a tool for the future. But that was the only giant that David ever fought. There were four more giants uh, uh, when we were young. You know, somebody came up and said, well, the five smooth stones that David picked up, they stand for Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. -S. Well, first of all, 
the Bible wasn't written in English. And uh, secondly, that's not, no one had any idea that his five smooth stones did not stand for the English letters J-E-S-U-S. I would submit that they did have significance, however, but the first was practical because David was going to keep on uh, casting um, that stone. Another one, another one. Those rocks were coming. He was, he was in it for, for war. I don't know that he thought he was going to knock him down the, the first try, but he had four more tries after that. So I think it was practical, first of all. I think that little pouch held five stones or four more stones, and I, I think that's what he had. I think he filled up his pouch. It was probably very pragmatic. I'll get as many smooth stones that will fit into this sling. I'll get them as big as I can, and I'm, I'm going for battle. You have a sword. I have a, I have a slingshot, and it's going to be like a bullet coming right at you. So, But there may be um, a, a figurative or a likeness of the other four. You see, in the Scripture, we're going to find out that there were four more giants that wanted the blood, the death of, of David. They were pursuing David. He didn't fight them. In fact, his mighty men of valor killed the other four giants that were in David's life. So part of the lesson is just to show you that you're not going to be able to defeat all the giants that are that are coming after you. You might be able to take down one. In fact, I feel that I'm kind of in that season of my ministry where I have I either have or I'm 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 working on my one giant, but I got a lot of mighty men of valor and they're they're poised and ready to to uh to see some other great victories, far more than what I have seen. And I'm excited about that. It's taken me a while to get here. Um, but I want to tell you that giants are few. Uh, most of the battles in life are not, are not so great that the giant will fall. In fact, most of our battles are much smaller than the overwhelming, um, massive thing that confronts us. In fact, I'm not so sure that there are many great problems. I think that there is an accumulation of small problems that have not been dealt with in our lives. And they build up to become something big. But really, these are small things that we have to tackle. And a, a lot of folks, um, they like the dramatic fight. But it's fighting the little things every day that will lead us into great victory. We don't always feel that great victory, but but it's defeating the devil at every point in life. I'll, I'll give you a couple of case in points. It's just going through the disciplines of life. You might call it the mundane actions of, of a repeatable process. You defeat your flesh every day. It may be a small thing. You have to teach yourself how to deny yourself every day. You, you have to deny yourself small things, even things that don't matter uh, or they don't have a great significance. Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not everything's expedient. Well, what if we all said, well, it's all lawful. It's not sin. It's not a big deal. That may be not expedient, but it's not sinful. So, But Paul put something in front of us. He laid something on the table. He said, it's lawful, I can do it, but it, it's not right. It's not proper. It's not expedient for me to do that. And so he had to deny himself. And sometimes 
the lack of denial, self-denial, um, it, it creates a, a chasm we cannot get over. It, it creates something in us that, that now we want more. We become hedonistic in our ideas and in our temperament where we, we want everything, we gain everything, we never withhold ourselves uh, back or, or hold ourselves back or withhold something from us. We don't have a filter. If something comes into our mind, we want to speak it. Besides, we say, well, we're American. We have a right to speak. Well, really, if you're a child of God, your first, your, your first loyalty is not to America. It's to the Scripture. Now, we live in a democratic republic. That's our nation, and we're thank God, we thank God for it. But if you're a child of the king, you're living in a, in a, in a theocracy, a God, a king, a monarchy. We're a servant of the Most High God. And so in such, you're a subject of the kingdom, and it has a different law. The law of the Lord is far greater than the law of the land. In fact, there has come a time now when the law of the land is not congruent with the law of God. And so we follow the law of God first, and we pray and hope that the law of the land will follow suit. But we follow the Lord. The Lord is our king, not our government. The U.S. government is not uh, our God. We haven't made the government our God or any other entity. But Jesus is the Lord of our lives. So he said, take up your cross and follow me. His cross, my cross. He's got a cross, I've got a cross. It's self-denial. I, I, I do get concerned with the modern-day church that feels like they're always fighting a demonic spirit, but they don't realize we have authority over all the demons in hell. Jesus gave us authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And we're failing, we're losing the battle with these small, what we consider insignificant things. And we're waiting for the giant. We're, we're going to fight this big thing. But really, it's the everyday battle. And the everyday battle doesn't look big, and it's not big. But it has to be fought. It has to be won every day. We, when, when, when we were young parents <laughs> and we had young kids, um, I can remember uh, one of the ladies in the church, my kids called her Aunt Cindy. She gave our kids a lot of candy. We told her not to give them candy, but she was very disobedient to us. And, of course, that that made her the favorite aunt. You know, the parents are evil. The aunt Cindy is wonderful. She's got she gives candy. Um, but I can remember her saying, "Oh, l- let them be. They're just having a bad day or a bad moment." Well, those bad moments could add up to to a bad life, and then those actions compound. And so we had a philosophy early on. I don't know how well we did, but that we were going to fight every battle. We were not going to say that was insignificant because the moment you said, well, that's insignificant, we'll wait for a big issue. Well, then the big issue comes and you cannot defeat the big issue because you never address the small issue. And so if you don't address the small issue, the child becomes spoiled. Well, everyone thinks it's so cute. I just love spoiling my nephew. I love spoiling my spoiling. Have you ever have you ever? Uh, smelled meat that was spoiled. It's rotten. There's maggots in it. It's grotesque. Um, if you go on vacation for a little too long and you come back 
and you open up the milk and you pour yourself a glass of milk and it becomes cheese or it has, you know, it's kind of, it's been in there a long time. That's spoiled. Go ahead and drink that. See if you like spoiled. You don't want spoiled. You don't. And so now we'll say that with children because we can identify that. But I wonder how many times we've ruined ourselves because we haven't dealt with the small things of our lives. We keep waiting for Goliath to show up. We're, we're going we're, we're gonna to kill the giant in our life. Okay, how many of those will you have? You might only have one in your life, and maybe two. Uh, maybe if, if, if something's very strange, you might have three. I, I don't know how many giants you can, you're going to kill. You're probably going to fight the battles, not on the mountain, not in the valley, but you're going to fight them in the common areas of life, denying yourself. Yeah, you can watch that. You can. It's not, it's, not, it's not bad. Maybe it doesn't have any bad scenes or bad curse words or any curse words in it. But what, what did you just do? What did you give yourself? What was the message of that? How much entertainment can we have? Okay, you can have that. You can go there. You can have that conversation. Um, but where, where does that lead you? Was it expedient? Okay, you can, you can reply to someone and you can scold them. You can rebuke them. You can give them a piece of your mind. You might be right, but just remember, you can be right and wrong at the same time. So, but to with, withhold that or have a filter, it might be the thing that saves them. It saves you too. Um, I, I love David's stories, and I'll, I'll just offer this one story to you of one of his wives, Abigail. Um, now, Abigail did not start out as David's wife. In fact, what happened was his men were on a journey, and his men were very weary. They came across a, a fairly wealthy man. And they just asked for a little water. Uh, he had plenty of food. They, they just needed a little, a little substance. But he denied them. He was real greedy. And he was the husband of Abigail. And um, he sent them away. It was a, it was a, in those days, that's something you just don't do. If, if you are... Um, a sea-bearing man. If there is a distress call of another boat somewhere in your area, it is the law. It's the written or unwritten rule. You run to them. You 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 seek them out. You help them because there is no help on the on the open water. Uh, if that vessel's in trouble, you go and rescue them. I mean, if you're if you're not too far away, you're on your way to help that that distressed call. And this is very similar in those days where these men, they needed a little something. They needed something to just hold them over. And there was plenty of that, water and food and bread. They just needed a little bit. But the man was greedy, was angry. He didn't care who they were. He didn't care that they were David's men, and he sent them away, knowing that these are the men of the king. So he had no honor. He had no respect. He had no self-respect. He had no honor of the king. He had no care of his fellow man, and he only cared about himself. Well, when David found out he's coming to pay retribution, David's angry. He's not going to let any man in his kingdom, in his domain, 
You mean you are living under the umbrella of my protection. I fight the enemy for you so that you can gain wealth, have bread, cattle, oxen, sheep, goats, but you won't give my men a little bread and some water, but I'm giving you the protection. I'm the one interceding before God for you, and and I'm fighting the Ammonites and the Philistines and the, the Amorites and the Amalekites. I'm doing all of that while you get rich. Oh, no. So David's coming, and he's going to pay some some retribution against the man. But the man's wife finds out and she packs up the mules full of bread. She's racing to intercept David. And she and she offers David the food and begs him not to seek retribution. That day, she saved David from doing something he should not have done. She kept him. And in time, the, the husband died and David came to call and he married her. And the lesson there is that he was about to do something that was his right to do, but he was kept from doing what he had the authority to do. And she helped him with self-denial. It wasn't in him, really. But maybe this table conversation with you might might give a pause to something you were going to say, something you were going to type, something you were going to reply. Yeah, you have the right to do it. Yes, you do. It's in your right, your domain, but it may not be expedient for you. Sometimes being an example among the believers means that I have to do things or not do things that I'm really, that I, that I really don't feel um, that's necessary but I do it or I don't do it on behalf of the people that are around me. I think, I think the apostles were very clear and they all tried to follow this, this line of reasoning, not to be a stumbling block to your brother or don't cause your brother to stumble. Um, there was a, there was a lot of talk in the days of the new Testament church about eating meat that was offered to idols or, 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 um, or not eating that meat. There was there was a lot of argumentation about sacrifices and and circumcision and uh, kosher food. Um, but I think the greater point was, if it offends your brother, don't eat it. Don't do it. Because you can eat that later or not, but the greater is the harm to your brother. Now, you think you're saving them, but you might just be saving yourself. Because you're fighting a battle, and the battle that you're fighting may not be a big battle. In fact, once again, I say to you, Goliath, you might find him, you might face him, and you might defeat him. But every day does not feature a giant. Every year does not feature a new battle. And if you feel that you're fighting these massive battles, it could be because you're not living a consistent, stable, disciplined life. If every moment you have high drama in your life, I'll I'll tell you what's happening. You're not living disciplined. You're not reading your scripture. You don't have a regular fasting time. You're not praying. You're not worshiping. You're not smiling. You're probably in other people's business. You're not taking care of yourself. You're not taking care of your finances. You don't have your house in order. And everything becomes massive and big. It's dramatic and all this weeping. You're, you're going to live like a roller coaster Christian. You're up and then you're down. And you're up and you're down. And you're crying one day and you're rejoicing. You're shouting one day and then you're in the depths of despair. Well, I'll tell you why. Because you're not living consistent. 
You're not living steady. You don't have your mind in order. You don't have your days in order. You don't have your calendar in order. You're not consistent. And because of that, you think you're fighting giants every day when really what you're doing is you're battling yourself. So I would submit today, live a consistent life. And yes, you will fight some great thing. There'll be something. It may be a long season of that battle. But most of the things we're going to tackle are not the great giants. David left the field that day. And when he left the field, he had been anointed king. Saul did not know. And David then had to constrain himself each day from then on not to take retribution to his hands because the same king that he saved that day in the Valley of Elah, that king, came to seek his life. And David dodged the spears. He dodged the stones. He got out of the way of harm. He didn't raise his hand to the Lord's anointed. He, he said, who can touch the Lord's anointed and be found guiltless? He was con convicted by his own actions, even thinking that perhaps he could take King Saul, and he could. But he was learning the lessons, and he got out of order one day, and he was on his way to take retribution against a man who did not feed his men, who offered no water, no food, no meat. And a lovely lady came to save him. And what did she save him from? She saved him from doing what was lawful for him to do, but not expedient. You see, David already fought Goliath. He didn't have to have the blood of another man on his hands. It was needless. So today at this table, I'm looking not for passivity, but I'm looking for peace. What are the things that I can say, but I decided not to? I, I will confess to all the listeners today, I've made so many mistakes by replying when I didn't have to answer. By giving an answer when it wasn't necessary. I'm, the mistakes I made were lawful, but they weren't expedient and they caused harm. And if I could take them back, I would, but I can't, I can't now. But I can learn and I can share this conversation with you at this table so that you would have a filter in your life and that filter would keep you from from fighting something that, that uh, does not need to be fought. And so I, I, I want you to know one more time, I want you to know you'll have a giant. There'll be some great thing you'll fight and you'll defeat that in Jesus' name. You'll say, I come to you in the name of the Lord and you'll cut that, that thing up and you will expose it and you will have great victory and it will come back to serve you in time. But most of the battles, the great majority of your battles won't be giants. They won't be things that that you have to slice and dice. No, there'll be the small, the small things you have to tackle every day. It'll be internal. It'll be self-constraint. It'll be temperance. It'll be long-suffering. It'll be patience when your patience runs out. It'll be joy when you feel sad. It'll be praise when you have no energy, and then that becomes a sacrifice of praise. It'll be giving when, when you're really tight on money. <laughs> It'll be a sacrifice when you just made one. It'll be loving someone who deserves no love. It'll be offering grace when there's nothing in return. So at the table today, 
We're not going to fight all the giants that, that are out there. Someone's going to fight some for us. But every day we're going to live our lives unto the Lord, disciplined and in order. I'm so glad you came to the table. And there's so much more to come.